This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Shane, what do you think about Tennessee playing with their wooden bats the other night? I think it is a good way for arrogant coach to get themselves in trouble. Sounded like something that I would have said back in the 90s or a teammate of mine would say. Um, sounded just like, you know, what we would have been like if we became coaches. You get tired of hearing the trash talk from the other side of the field and then you pop something off and then, then you have to back it up. You can't back down. It's the classic playground bully technique played out in double dog dare you know christmas story or you know any of those you know double dog dare triple dog dare i mean it's the same thing and on the field whatever's being talked about because it's being talked about between the coaches things that are off microphone and then you get into a press conference and then your mouth gets away from you so now what do you do well, guess what we're doing, boys? We're we're playing with wooden bats tomorrow night. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think it worked out. Didn't very turn well. out real well for him. <laughs> I don't think it did. I don't think it did. That's unfortunate because you know what really what he really wanted to do is he really wanted to he's supporting his guys right and he's defending his guys and I respect that tremendously and coaches that that support their their players. You know, that'll make the the players run through the wall for you. Um, So I understand where he was coming from. But at the same time, you're laying it out there. And if you fall, you're falling quick. And so that's, you know, especially in-state mid-major. I think it was Tennessee Tech. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it was Vanderbilt, right? Or, you know. That would have been rough. (laughs) I mean, that would have been rough, but at least it would have been Vanderbilt, right? I mean. Yeah, Vanderbilt's coach has had a lot of fun with this one. Sure. I mean, you know, if, if Texas pops off to A&M or A&M to Texas and then they have to play a midweek game because they're you know haven't been in the same conference at least for now then that's gonna sting for a while but it was Tennessee Tech versus Tennessee so glad I'm not at Tennessee right now end of a 23 game winning streak that's just crazy yeah crazy in college baseball so what happens when that happens in our businesses you know the insurance business has really really good ways of humbling us we have Things like market corrections, stock market corrections that force our, our companies to pay more attention to underwriting profits instead of you know taking that premium and making money there and in the market. Uh, we have catastrophe losses. It has a way of, of bringing us back down to earth and you know makes us seem a little bit boring as an industry to the outside world, but we're supposed to be a little bit boring in, the, in terms of managing that risk and managing for the what if, but we tend to do that. We can do that. We, you know, especially around great profit sharing years in our agencies, we tend to think that this is going to start happening every year. So there's, there's a lot of little similarities there around this idea, this analogy uh, with what's happened with the Tennessee baseball team and the wood bat scenario and, and, and our agency assumptions, right? We can make some assumptions that it's always going to be this way. And we have to be careful. We have to guard against that. So looking back at our agency, we've come a long way. Oh, yes. A long, 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 long way. 
I always love the picture that you show of the long bed pickup truck with the file box in the front seat. And, and that was our agency. That was the agency. The, the legend goes that I was an arrogant teenager at this time, so I wasn't really paying attention. So I have to go with the, the, the story, the legend that I understand, the way I understand it is there was a the pickup. It, it was a Chevrolet and it, he claimed that when he bought the agency after he figured out and got into the agency, the real files. And I don't think his due diligence was what it probably should have been. He was young and didn't really know what he was doing. And so once everything was figured out, the entire book of business, all the files fit in a box that would sit in the front seat of his pickup. So this is a single cab pickup. So it would sit in the passenger side. He could carry the agency around in his pickup truck. And, you know, he had bought this agency and that's all that was left. And so that was our beginning. That's, that's the beginning of, of our organization is this agency that turned out to not be exactly what he thought it was um, in 1983. We have a lot of little things that, you know, small town, that beginning of that one file box and then really having these bigger dreams and bigger ideas and always kind of hanging on to things that we didn't understand were our assets right they were big values but we saw them originally as not so good things how do we get folks in other states or larger metro areas to see us in a respectful way what are we going to do to gain respect across the industry with our carriers. Um, here we are in this this small town in East Texas, and we have these really, really true, humble beginnings. And I was kind of part of this wrong turn because I'm coming out of college, the former collegiate baseball player, Division One, Power Five before the Power Five existed. And now I've come back home I'm going to get in the insurance business, and I know everything. And your degree's in finance. And my degree's in finance. And my brain is, I can do anything. I am 10 foot tall, right? Might have had a little bit of what I call little man-itis. I'm, I'm going to be six foot tall when I grow up one day, um, <laughs> you know, and... And so I'll trade you a few inches. Yeah, yeah I, I'll take I'll take that. I had this arrogance that was just not not good. And in hindsight, I don't like that person. And we had this all these ideas and all these market access models that we were talking about. And we had this chip on our shoulder that said we needed to appear or look or sound bigger than we were. And it feels a little hypocritical. Now I tell agents to guard against that. I say that's not the best avenue. That is not the best direction. Don't try to be bigger than you are. That is not an asset. That does not make you authentic. That does not bring customers and make customers want to do business with you. But that's who I was. That's who we were. We changed our name. We did a whole lot of different things and went through a whole lot of iterations to try to make that happen for this small town insurance agency. So let's go back to don't try to be bigger than you are. I think that is so important. But I also want to talk about the concept of don't try to act bigger than what you are. I think that is key. I think what you're saying about act is key, right? Because you can't be bigger than you are. At five foot eight with my boots on, I can't be six foot tall. Now I can try to act 
six foot tall, but I can't be six foot tall. And so I think the key is the act part because the act part is where the authenticity gets killed. It's where it just, you know, you go off the rails. We could go down the political road and say, you know, if a politician could just be authentic, how refreshing would that be? Um, Instead of trying to become something in front of the cameras that they're not. Wow. Wouldn't that be great? And think about how much energy you save Yes. by not trying to be something that you're not. I mean, trying to create this image takes so much energy long term. And if you take that energy and refocus it into something that's positive for your business, that would be amazing. Yeah. Several years ago now, when we kind of resettled into our current office space, Uh, remodeled an old building in in town here in Huntington. And really, that was kind of the tipping point for us to start embracing our small town values and the slogan of do the right thing. And we just embraced who we were. And, you know, most of our people are from small towns. It just became who we were and it became a part of a part of our culture. It was just so amazing to me and so ironic that where we started out and kind of arrogantly tried to shift to, and then we we found our way back home to who we really were. And that's why the conversations that I have with agents center around just be who you are. Market where you are. That's one of your big things is, you know, market where you are and in your normal course of life instead of trying to market somewhere that you don't, where you're, you don't know anything about that. You don't know anything about that world. I, I should not be trying to market at the yacht club. I don't know. I just loved the visual of you and your Sperry Topsiders. Yeah. No. <laughs> and your sailboat. No. <laughs> That's a big no for me. Not happening. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just a big no for me. I think I'd be fitting a little bit more there's probably a, i think there's a song out there about the redneck yacht club so maybe that's a little bit more for me <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with belonging to the yacht club by the way or wearing sperry top cider since i have them like right here beside my desk exactly i think it's great for other people but my husband sails so that's the difference. exactly <laughs> exactly and i think it's wonderful that he has you go to alaska and hunt i do I did. I probably won't again, but I did. So business cards. I used to be one of these people that business cards were so important. And those titles were so important on those business cards. And I've seen agents want these crazy titles. And I'm just sitting here in the back of my mind thinking, you're the only person there. Why is it so important to have president, CEO, and managing partner all three of those things on your business cards. What are you trying to do? Yeah, the president and CEO of a single person agency. You're the employee. Who said that? We, I think we had a partner said they have been employee of the month for like 42 straight months. I think it's a pride thing. Depends on where you've come from. I think there's a lot of that too because agents come out of worlds where big brands and big titles and corporateness and that type of environment you're trained up in that world that it's really really important and it overruns you and then when you have your own thing you now you're in control you want the outside world to know that you're doing this that that you're successful and I think there's a lot of pride built up in that and and look I I say that from the stance that I was there I am no longer there. So I'm speaking with the understanding that I've been through that already, too. I'm not picking on that or jabbing that as crazy. Like, I get it. 
And I think there's a lot of things there just built up. I'm going to show you my pride is is important here. I think there's a, there's a lot of that. It's a much better story to be able to say or someone come up to you and say, man, I remember when you were a one woman shop. I remember when you started your agency and you had left XYZ organization and you've got six employees now or you've got a million in revenue and you've just really done well. Congratulations. I learned that lesson the hard way. Back mid, late 2000s, I was on a carrier council and I was once again in kind of that arrogant mode and one of those situations where I thought... I was something and I was having dinner with these two more experienced agents. <laughs> they weren't quite vintage, but they were more experienced. Seasoned. 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 Thank you. Seasoned agents who I didn't really know much about them. I just knew they were on this carrier council and they were they were officers on this carrier council. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was kind of being interviewed unofficially to be nominated as becoming an officer. They wanted a younger person on this council to kind of get up into the national council ranks. So we're having dinner and it's three three men and guys seem to go down this path of comparison of the size of our agencies, the size of our organizations. And one of the guys was like, you know, well, what are you up to now? And the guy was like, um, well, we're we're going to get past about 10 million this year. And he's like, oh, that's good. He's like, what about you? I know you got to be more than that. He said, well, we've had a good couple of years. We're, we're a little over 13, coming into 14 million. Um, so, so looking pretty good. And in my mind, I'm sitting here going, gosh, these guys, you know, here I am, early 30s. We're way bigger than this. Like, I can't believe these guys are only at 10 million and nearly 14 million. And I'm going, man, we're twice as big as these guys. They're like, well, you know, Shane, what what about you? Oh, we're bumping on 30 million. You know, I think we're going to get past 30 million this year. And they both look at me with this disbelief and just completely like, no, there's no way. And then one of them intelligently looks at me and says, you do know we're talking about revenue and not premium, right? And I mean, the gig was up. And I was like, holy cow, I have entered a whole new realm. Took me down a few notches, a little bit of humble pie. It was very memorable to me. It put a big stamp into my arrogant brain at the time and said, okay, maybe I need to back back off here for a second and rethink where I'm at, how I'm approaching this thing. And that was sort of this beginning of, I think, this authenticity move. And that then gets coupled into the small town values and embracement and just being who we are. So can we be controversial for a minute? Absolutely. Let's be controversial. I'm speaking to the ladies out there when I say this, obviously, but I think the whole concept of boss babe and girl boss needs to go away. Is that a real thing? And don't get me wrong. I mean, I think it is a point of pride to be a successful woman, Uh, whether you're talking about being successful in business, in family life. I mean, it's, it's great to embrace being a female. I get that. But I've never seen a man have to empower himself and identify as a boy boss or as a boss babe. What is that? Why do we have to do that? It just seems like we have something to prove when it comes to that. And it's like a telling somebody I'm a boss has no effect. 
whether you're a girl or a guy, telling somebody that you're the boss doesn't mean anything. Um, it's kind of like the, I think there's an adage that says if you have to tell somebody that you're in charge, then you're probably not really in charge. There's a couple of things that come to my mind here. I agree, even though I'm not a woman, I agree with this whole scenario because my analogy is, is the people that have to brag about being wealthy probably aren't really wealthy. Wealthy people do not brag about being wealthy. The people that are fake wealthy, they have nothing except enough money to buy a bunch of stuff for image purposes. Or take a loan out to get a bunch or, of stuff. Or, for yeah, or be in debt up to their eyeballs. To live at a certain level, this is the fakeness in our society that makes me cringe. Back to the authenticity piece. And I'm using wealthy because I, I understand, like, I've met very wealthy people that you didn't know were wealthy. Right. And we had a guy here, uh, an older man here in our community that passed away probably seven or eight years ago now. And he he shouldn't have been driving. OK, he was he was in his early 90s, but he had this pickup and this pickup was beat to death. And the reason it was beat to death is because he had cows and the cows would hit the truck. He would go out to feed and cube and do that. And he would either hit the cows or the cows would run into the truck. And the, so the, the truck's all beat up on both sides. And he would he would get a new truck and it would be beat up within like a month. He would wear the overalls and, and he, he is the picture that you see when someone says, you know, this is what Texas looks like. He was one of the wealthiest people in our community. He didn't live in a ridiculous house. You know, he didn't build a new house as an empty nester that was, you know, 10,000 square feet. But the wealth was the fact that he owned probably close to about 1,500 acres. He had lots of timber. He had all these things, and he was worth multiple millions of dollars. There was not a day in his life where he talked about wealth or money or what he had accumulated and what he had achieved. Stuff like that makes me really happy. And I think that, to your point, that, that having to say it kills the effect of it. Having to put it on your business card, it doesn't bring the level um, respect that I think you're after. I think that is the issue when you see that. So I, I agree with you, and it's a it's a slippery slope for me as as a man to make you know to make comments about that because you know I don't know the struggle of women in business. I don't know what that looks like other than the fact that I work with a lot of women. What I do know and do have experience with as a man is that I have had the privilege of having a lot of strong women in my life. Going back to my grandmother, my mother's mother, very strong woman. My mother, very strong woman. We talk about her as the matriarch type that is is just really strong, right? She doesn't have to say a lot of things for you to know, okay, you're going to respect her for who she is authentically. She's not going to have to say anything when she walks in a room. You're just going to respect her. She doesn't have to put anything on her business card. She's definitely a girl boss, right? She's got that, but she doesn't have to say anything about it. And then I'll brag on my wife, who is extremely strong, but quiet. I'm surrounded by women who exert this quiet strength that make them extremely respected in my view. And that's a view as a man, not a view as another woman, but that's what I see. When I think about those three women that I've been privileged to be around my lot throughout my life, that is something that comes to mind is like, wow, okay, that's what strength looks like. 
And your daughter's the same way. Emma is the same way. I haven't spent as much time with Hannah, but that's exactly the way Emma is. Getting ready to go off and play D1 Power 5 softball, there's no chip on her shoulder. She is just that, that same quiet strength. I agree with that. But I think a lot of the points that you just made, Shane, are important for men and women. So yes, men learn something, right? Learn something from that in that uh, don't be the 25-year-old Shane. Our strength will come automatically. You don't have to tell people that you're great. That's not the way to get respect. You don't have to be something that you're not. And I think that's extremely important. And I think men with other men, you know, our tendency is to, you know, kind of stick your chest out and peacock around. I was going to say strut like a peacock. Yeah, I mean, peacock around. I mean, I think that's our our tendency. And I think it's the male peacock, right? It's not the female peacock. It's the male peacock, if I'm right. And I am way out on a limb here. But I think I'm right there, right? It's the, the really beautiful peacock is the male. And he's like strutting around trying to attract the female. And... You know, we can we can learn a lot looking at our animal kingdom here about how things may may work and that's what we look like sometimes. And I think that piece is not necessarily really good for for building insurance agencies and and being authentic and being the most trusted source when it comes to handling somebody's risk management. So I'm going to leave us with this thought today from Ken Doherty. The five S's of sports training are stamina, speed, strength, skill, and spirit. But the greatest of these is spirit. I love putting that thought toward our businesses as well. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com.